Rookie Thievers. Rookie Player Profile. Welcome back to Rookie Fever. Another Rookie Fever Player Profile. I'm really excited about my guest today. I have Brandon Lejeune on today. This is our third season together? It sure is, buddy. Does that sound right? Maybe our fourth or fifth player profile? I think it is. This is going to be our fifth and sixth player profile. I think last year I nice. did Jamison Williams and Algier. So yeah, I'm welcome to be back. You know, you know, you know how I feel about you and uh, and and Finera, man. You guys got me into the uh, Debbie space, so I am I do, man, and here. I appreciate you so much. But I want to talk about you. Mm-hmm. Okay. The first time you reached out to me to do one of those player profiles, and you, I, I read it today, actually. Oh, really? You have two years worth of uh, instant or Twitter messages? On your yeah, dude. So I went back and I just kind of, because I remember reaching out to you. You're somebody that I, I truly admire. I was really looking forward to sitting down today. We right. talked a little bit about our, our lives really quick before we hit record. Um, watching you grow has been awesome. The oh, day you reached out to me, I'd seen you around didn't really know who you were that much. Um, we hadn't built a relationship. I saw some of your work, you know, because I watch rookies. But you are you are the top of the pack, dude. Like I enjoy your work. Um, I try to watch other people's videos sometimes on YouTube, and it's it's sometimes hard for me. So I enjoy going over and watching you, like th- what is now Devi Two Dynasty that you're doing with Jason, the Devi dashboard that you've built. You yeah. are such a a good dude, dude. Like I'm, I'm humbled to be here with you, even though you're. I I I, I tried to clean up for you, Brandon. <laughs> well, I appreciate all the kind words. Uh, I, I you know I, I really do. Um, I'm a very small fish in a very large pond, but I I love what I do. I am fortunate enough to have time in my life with my kids a little older and through uh, my job to have the time to be able to dabble into this Debbie and dynasty space. And it's just been an, a fantastic hobby for me. And I'm really just trying to provide a, uh, you know, uh, some good filmmaking uh, observation films for people to really enhance their scouting opportunity. That's kind of really what I focus on is, is more the film than analytics, but I appreciate the very kind words. I'm thrilled to go back. And if I'm, if I'm, if I'm correct, I think I reached out to you and said, Hey, I want to do Pat Fryer move. Too. Yeah. That was the guy, right? You got some hits. Like, yeah. listen to this. Uh, Brandon's not here eating crow. He's like, I got Tyler Algier. He only had a thousand plus yards last year. We got Pat Fryer move that tight end. You all want right now. Some Jameson Williams, who I can't get enough of. Oh, well, let's hope he pans out. I mean, it, when he tore his ACL in that championship game, um, that was a real heartbreaker for me because I think uh, we'll see what he does next year. But I think, we still uh, saw him show some speed. Yeah, we did. But he's got a lot of work to do, I think, still. But but I appreciate you, Brandon. And honestly, watching where you are today, if you tune in to Brandon's YouTube channel, I, I would not guess that it's so young in the scheme of things. Because like you said, it's a it's a big pond. Mm-hmm. A sea, an ocean. I, I don't know. So, and we're all just kind of like parts of that. But I, I would not guess that you are so young into this, and you are you are a lot of people's destination, whether you know it or not. 
Yeah, I've got a lot of nice comments on Twitter and so forth about my game films. You know, if you're looking to scout players and, and game films and analysis on film grinding, you know, Debbie to Dynasty is my uh, football is my YouTube channel. So, yeah, go check it out. It's uh, good stuff. I, I just enjoy it thoroughly. So I'm thrilled to be here and I'm thrilled to talk about one of my favorite receivers of the class. He's not getting a lot of love right now, but he's going to get a lot of love from me. So, yeah. So I'm just going to get this question out of the way. Is Cedric Tillman your guy? Because that's a question that we bring up a lot in the show, but I, I don't see any reason to wait till the end of the show. Because I watched your videos and I was, I, I mean, Brandon is excited about Cedric Tillman, who we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I, I got excited because on my YouTube channel last year at the, I think it was August or July of this past summer, I went back and did an all 22 film review on his games from his 2021 film on Alabama and Georgia. And I came away extremely impressed on both of those games. And feel free to go to my YouTube channel. You can check it out for yourself. But he dominated against Georgia and Bama. And I mean, come on, let's not kid ourselves. They're arguably back, especially in 2021, two of the best college football programs in the nation. And, the gig, and he created space. He had, I think, over 100 yards and a touchdown in both games. And I loved what I saw. And I was like, wow, this this kid, because this this particular wide receiver class has a lot of small guys in it. Right. So there's not a lot of taller, uh, bigger boundary receivers. And I'm not going to say Cedric Tillman's a top five or six you know, wide receiver in this class. But I think as a depth guy in the late round two of your rookie draft or early round you know, three, um, I'm going to be taking Cedric Tillman. I really like his skill set. I was disappointed he got injured this year. He kind of twisted his ankle, which allowed Hyatt you know, um, to, to really explode and people are excited about him, but I only wish and dream that he hadn't gotten hurt. I think he would have had another thousand yard season this year. So what made you choose him? Even with that said, the injury and everything just to kind of get his name out there. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, we, we find players that we come across that we either scout, we like them for what we see on film or for the, the people in the analytics community, uh, somebody who might be a little bit under the radar. And one of the things I like to do with my Debbie Dynasty dashboard and my YouTube channel is, you know, we all know who the top guys are in the class, right? So what I like to do is really help the, uh, you know, the subscribers to my dashboard product and, and so on and so forth. Let's take a look at the second tiered and the third tier guys, because there's always hits in those tiers. But, you know, we all know who the top three guys are, wide receivers in the class, and whether you got a one, two, or three, or four. Um, but it's Cedric Tillman. He's in my top ten. He's number, uh, you know, six for me right now in the class, and he's probably a lot lower for other people. But I like what I see on film, and i um, excited to talk about him today. And so you listen to Rookie Fever, so you know I'm a size guy. Mm-hmm. Cedric Tillman, 6'3", about 215, what, 220-ish around there? He fits, he fits that size that I'm looking for a little bit, even in today's evolving NFL when you might get more calls and you might not be need to be that big bodied wide receiver. But Cedric Wilson, like outside of size, like is, is that a characteristic you're looking for? Is the not, size or not particularly? I mean, for any wide receiver, I think of, of, that we want to hit our dynasty rosters, it's all about space creation, right? And, you know, there's there's different kinds of space creators in the wide receiver room. You've got your twitchy little guys, you know, Jackson Smith, the Jigba, and Jordan Addison, you know, about six foot. 
you know, that's kind of the mold right now that the NFL is looking for. You can see my Eagles, Devonta Smith, you know, he's excelled. He's a twitchy guy. Um, and if you just look at the top five, six, you know, wide receivers in the class, I mean, a lot of them are the smaller, you know, guys that have the, the space creation through their athleticism, their footwork, um, their elusiveness. I mean, Cedric Tillman, I think, has a little bit of that at the table when he wants to go and shorten intermediate routes. Um, and I don't think he's going to win downfield as a speed guy, but he wins with physicality. And I still think there's a role in the NFL for you can't just have all small guys, just like we have A.J. Brown here in the Eagles. I mean, you need to have some bigger physical receivers. And there's not a lot in this class outside of uh, Quentin Johnston, who's at the top of a lot of lists, at least in the top two or three, even one for a lot of people. Um, you know, there's not a lot of ba- other boundary taller receivers in this class. So I feel as though if there's an NFL team out there, that already maybe has two smaller guys that create space through their athleticism and their twitchiness, you know, they might be, you know, needing maybe a bigger possession, more possession boundary receiver. And I just like his skill set. I mean, you go watch those two games against Alabama and Georgia um, in 2021. I mean, he was, he was creating space on short routes, dig routes and, you know, stop routes and in breaking short routes and stuff. So I think he's got the ability to create space. Yeah. So what kind of NFL draft capital do you think he'll get? I mean, I think right now um, he's probably a round three guy. Um, he might sneak into round two, but if he could get round three or four draft capital, I'd be thrilled. I mean, I'll be nervous, obviously, if he falls to the fifth or sixth, then that means that I'm, you know, he would probably be a miss for me from at least what I see on film. But um, I, I like the kid. Um, you know, I, I think he's could be a day two pick. I mean, right now on NFL mock draft database.com, He is a wide receiver 10. So, you know, assuming we get two in the first round, maybe three receivers or four receivers in the first round. I mean, he should land at, you know, day three or I'm sorry, round three is what my projection is um, right now. It's tough because we're doing this just after the senior bowl. No combine. Mm -hmm. None of that excitement. So the teams, I mean, a lot could change still. Sure. I mean, it's testing is going to be important at the combine. He opted out of the senior bowl i don't really know what happened i know he was invited but he didn't accept his invite so i don't know he he, you know he had that ankle injury this year and i don't know if he was not fully recovered from that and felt as though he wouldn't be able to shine in the drills and so on and so forth but i really couldn't find out any other information but you know i'm not going to let that knock me um like i said i think if he hadn't gotten injured this year he would have been another thousand yard receiver where do you think Cedric Tillman lands from like floor to ceiling? Like what's his floor and, and how high can he go? You know, a comp that I have for him that I'd, I'd like is, is Mike Williams from the Chargers, right? He's a guy that, again, a bigger, taller receiver. I could see him having a role. I'm hoping if he could have a career a little bit more consistent than Mike Williams. I mean, Mike has had really good times. And then, you know, the, the highs have been high and the lows have been low with him. Damn back, man. Um, but, you know, I, I that, that's kind of where I see him. I think he's got a relatively good floor. I'm not sure how high his ceiling is, but I think he could easily be a wide receiver, too, on a team. Any questions or concerns do you think could limit him in the NFL? Well, I think most people, when they think of Cedric Tillman, the first thing they're going to say is his late production. If you look at his production profile, and a lot of people out there in this space, you know, really, really care about early production. Now, he's going to be, you know, he's 22 years old right now, so he's going to be an older receiver, okay? He's going to be an older player. He's a five-year senior. His first three years from 2018 to 2020, he only had eight receptions, 
And a lot of people are going to be like, well, he wasn't good enough. He's a, he's a late starter. Well, in 2021, they had a coaching change. And that's when he busted out with 64 receptions for 1,000 you know, yards and 12 touchdowns. I mean, he was literally dominant, um, especially vertical. I mean, he averaged 17 yards a reception in 2021. So he was able to beat guys downfield. Like I said, if you go watch the Bama game, the Georgia game, he won vertical on those particular uh, games as well as in the intermediate and the short area. So, uh, again, this year uh, in 2022, he had 37 receptions for 417 yards. And, again, he got dinged up. Um, he had three touchdowns as well. So there's going to be people out there that, nah, he's too old. They get hung up on the age, five-year senior. He's not good enough. He should have broke out earlier in his career. And I understand the early breakout is a much more likely kind of barometer on successful NFL. But, you know, Dalton Kincaid's another player who, you know, the the, the NFL community is very high on, and he's also a, a, a late bloomer. So I'm not really going to hold that against him. There's going to be people that are going to question his deep speed and his long speed, um, but that's not his game. You know, he's a, a possession receiver. Uh, who's got physicality at the catch point, who I think has really good body control and length, who can go up and get the ball. And I still think there is a role in the NFL for players like this. We just can't have all the small guys you know, running around all over the field all the time. You need the physicality to some degree. And I think he's one of the most physical receivers in this class. I know he's more physical than Quentin Johnston. I can tell you that right now from watching film on both of those guys. Uh, Quentin Johnston definitely has better movement skills and is a little bit more elusive. But again, I mean, I'm looking at the the board right now of all the receivers, and I mean, outside of Quentin Johnston and Cedric Tillman at six three, I don't think there's uh, you got At Perry at six foot five, and everyone else is six foot or below. So I think there's a team out there that might have an interest in a receiver that's got a little yeah. in physicality. And that's I wanted to ask you what system or team would best fit like his skill sets, but. It just keep all I keep thinking about is like the teams that have a wide receiver need, and even at that, if you, even if you're not thinking about the skill set or how the, the offense is schemed, I think of like the Giants. Really, there's so many needs for wide receivers. Like Giants need a wide receiver, Texans need a wide receiver. You could say that even the Rams could use a wide receiver, opposite of Cooper Cup, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, when you watch Cedric Tillman's film, he played mostly in the uh, Z position, right, which is on the right side of the line of scrimmage. He also played on the X. He played 80, 90 percent of his snaps were played in uh, out wide on the boundary. So my perfect landing spot for him would be able to go to a team that already has an established, um, you know, slot Y receiver, even if they had a dominant X receiver. Um to, to be able to fill on the Y on the other boundary. And so for me, a landing spot for him would be a team that already has an established number one receiver. I'm not looking at Cedric Tillman to come in and be, uh, you know, a CD lamb or anything like that. You know, my expectations for him is not a wide receiver one on a team. But I think if he finds himself in a good spot and in a, in a good system, where he's got good coaching and some other receivers where he's not getting uh, the primary coverage, I think he can have an opportunity to make it to our dynasty rosters and be a consistent producer. Yeah, I like that. And sometimes that's all you're looking for. Sure, sure. I mean, for the star when the moon is easy to hit. You know, we did a mock draft, Swags. I mean, you were on my podcast last week, right? We did a draft, and um, I think your partner in crime there took him in the middle of the second round, if I don't, you know, and we did that rookie draft, right, with the landing spot of the Chargers, which was interesting, because I think we may have even mentioned Mike Williams as a a kind of a player comp when we recorded that show. 
but I mean, that would be a great spot for him to, to, to land. So, yeah. How would you say this class ranks against last year's class? I think last year's class is going to be really good. I think um, it, it's going to be good. I mean, I think they're very close, um, but I think the top three in this class should rival the top three in that class. I mean, Drake London was was great. I mean, you just had a lot of, you know, I think Jahan Dotson's a little undervalued still, but we had Garrett Wilson. We had a lot of good receivers emerge last year. Jameson Williams, who we've, you know, really yet to see. I'm hoping he joins that, you know, top five crowd um, of last year's class. Um so I think it's 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 going to be comparable. It's going to be comparable. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to project. I mean, you know, we all think we Chris know Olave. These, Chris Olave, another great example. So if, if we, I think we in this particular class could probably get five or six players comparable to them that have relatively solid first year of production on our dynasty rosters, I think that would be a successful class. How do you feel about Wandale Robinson or some of those guys like that that didn't hit last year, like the Wandales and? Sky Moore. Well, I mean, uh, if you went back on my YouTube channel and watched my Sky Moore breakdown I did with Corey Pera, who's a friend of mine, um, we never we didn't like Sky Moore. I thought he had one one basic you know route that he ran all the time and in breaking route, and he had really good hands and really good boundary uh, ability to catch the ball. But I just I, I just never understood the enamored um, people with with sky Moore, i mean wandell robinson wandell robinson i have all the respect in the world for that guy i know when he came in at five nine or whatever he was i think people you know threw him to the curb but i'll tell you he was so physical at kentucky he was he was he was a player that i admired for his tenacity and toughness and i still i mean he might actually would be a buy for me to be honest with you it's a shame he tore his acl I know we got a late start last year, but you know I think we're all just spoiled. We just expect these players to come out and just can you know produce immediately. And you know we're going to get four or five receivers that have that mental toughness and the smarts and and the physicality and um, you know the means to do that. But I think we have a, have to have a little bit more patience. But I, I mean I think going back to your your Wandale question. I think he's in a fantastic spot with the Giants and I mean they need receivers so if he you know fully yeah. recovers from his ACL but you know again you know people are questioning you know Zay Flowers is almost the same size as Wandale Robinson and you know we're talking about Zay Flowers being a round one selection um, in the NFL draft so these smaller receivers the NFL are definitely into them for sure right now yeah that is the thing. It's it is interesting. It's almost like they're willing to take the swing and miss on them, similar to how they are with quarterbacks. Yeah, I think so. Just because, just to hope to hit. Yeah, I mean they're looking for speed. I mean the speed is the name of the game right now in the NFL. You know whether you're a running back, um, and but you know that tide might turn that we might actually go back to a more physical kind of style running back. You know with the way the NFL right now is is just protecting the 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 boundaries and and worrying about all of these smaller receivers having three wide receiver sets of all these you know fast receivers it might open up more uh the bigger running backs having more success in the NFL but i can yeah. certainly see where um the smaller shifty guys i mean the, the wide receiver position it's all about getting open that that's you know however you have to do it consistently and I'm going to go back to maybe Sky Moore. I'm just going to have to guess that he just isn't getting open in practice. You know, he's just not getting open on the field and they just can't put him out there unless they scheme him open to some degree. And I think the plays that we've seen from Sky Moore, he's been out there where I think Cedric Tillman 
can just be lined up one on one with press coverage and has the physicality to beat those players where I think a lot of these other receivers that we're talking about in this class face very little press coverage in college football. And you're, they're taking a chance with these players of just saying, okay, we're going to scheme these players open so they can get the free releases out of the slot. We have a lot of slot receivers, you know, in this particular class. Mm. Trying not, yeah, and I'm trying to think of a team that needs a slot receiver now. So who who is the guy you're hanging your hat on for this 2023 class? Well, I don't know if I just have one to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm sure all your guys are. You saying, are not going to leave your rookie draft yeah. without him. Yeah, without him. Well, I'm going to take Cedric Tillman probably in the late second round because I think that's probably where I think a lot of people are just off him right now. And I mean, before draft capital and and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, the, going by position by position, um, you know, I, I think the top two guys, Young and Stroud, are probably going to be somebody I strive for in a couple of leagues. I'm going to have early picks. Um, but I, I mean, going even to the running back position, I think it's kind of tough. I did think after Bajan, you can go to any other player and any other analyst out there and they have a completely different list. Um, mm. But I, I think, you know, Quentin Johnson is a very intriguing prospect to me. Again, bigger receiver, X receiver. I think Smith and Jigba and Addison, all those top three guys, all have the ability to come in. And if they get on a landing spot with a good coaching staff, they could really have significant an impact, kind of like Alave did, where we're going to get excited about their future. Um, but, you know, I, I guess one guy that I really like is Dalton Kincaid. He's a, a player that is one of my favorites in the class. I know people don't get excited about tight ends. I always say tight ends need love too. But, um, I like Dalton Kincaid a lot. I mean, his game against USC was just tremendous. And um, I know people like don't get excited about tight ends very much, but I think this could be a really good tight end class, uh, much better than last year's, that's for sure. What about one guy you won't touch? Probably Chase Brown is a player that I feel is getting a lot of hype. Um, Zach Evans is probably another player that I'm not super high on versus other people in the class. Uh, like I said, I think outside of Bajan Robinson, I think there's a lot of question marks with uh, with these with these running backs. Um, either a lack of production in college, guys that have size but not, might not have the wiggle, and then we have uh, some smaller guys that have the wiggle. You know, Tajay Spears is a hot name right now, and Devon A-Chain is a very polarizing player. Guys that are smaller, that have the shiftiness, that might not have uh, packed the punch with the size and the power to be three down backs. So I think it's all very much up in the air. You know, we have still two and a half months before uh, the, the draft, and I'm looking forward to the combine. So, again, there's not a lot of guys that are just sticking out at me as like, I have to have this guy. Brandon, you mentioned on your YouTube channel that Bijan Robinson is 101 in Superflex rookie drafts. Um, I'm not debating that. Um, you do know how I picked on your the recent mock that we did yes, with you, where you let Rookie Fever join you. Right. And I took um, Bryce and then said, I wish I took Stroud. But I want what I want to know, though, is does that change for you in, say, a 16-team Superflex format where maybe quarterbacks are a little bit tougher to acquire, or are you still going with a sure shot of Bijan Robinson? 
I mean, I think it depends on your situation. I think it's it's a very close, you know, the question, it can be answered in a multiple of ways. I mean, a 16-team Superflex League, uh, yeah, I think you're probably going to really try and swing for the fences unless you're a team that is, is lucky enough to have the first pick and have two really good quarterbacks, then maybe, you know, I would trade out of that spot and have someone come up and still see if you can get yourself Bajan at the same time. Um, but I think Bajan Robinson, to me, is just the safer pick overall than Stroud. I mean, uh, or uh, than Young. I mean, for me, Young, I've I'm I've been very vocal, at least on my dashboard with my subscribers, that you know I'm, I am concerned about his size. I know there's a lot of people that aren't. I know he's a great decision maker, um, and Stroud has got the size and comes from a system that can be very hit or miss, putting people in the NFL. So. It, it's it's a personal preference, but I mean, a 16-team Superflex League, I can certainly see why you would take Bryce Young because running backs are much easier to get. I mean, there's not many Superflex teams that I'm on where I don't have three decent quarterbacks that I'm relatively, relatively successful in unless I'm just absolutely loaded at the wide receiver position and just putting up gobs of points. So I can certainly see the allure of wanting to grab one of those. You know, I didn't fault you at all for taking Bryce Young at that position. I've seen many, many mock drafts where people are taking Bryce Young, the quarterback's rule, you know, that's just the way it is. So, and, and a lot of people think the running back class is deep and they're like, okay, well, I'm not going to get Bajan here at the, at the 101, but when the 201 rolls around, there's going to be, you know, guys, Zach Evans and Bigsby and, you know, Tajay Spears and Sean Tucker and other guys that they like, they might, they might do that, take that route. Yeah, I'm, well, even for me, I think the right landing spot and the narrative that creates like opportunities, Bajan is going to be tough to pass up. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I love my running backs. Yeah, I do too. What's some advice you have to give all these dynasty heads, the Debbie heads, maybe some campus to Canton guys as they navigate this off season with rookies and dynasty rookie drafts, whatever you may want to add. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, like I said, kind of at the beginning of the show, one of the things I'd like to do is really focus on probably being pretty deep with my analysis on the class itself. I mean, we all know who the top guys are. We all know who the top players are who should get the draft capital. So I'd like to, you know, say, okay, you know, the top five players of each position, let's just assume for the moment that we're going to, they're going to get the draft capital. They're going to get at least a decent landing spot where they're going to be the first five players. So for me, what I'm doing right now between now and the draft is I'm really digging into that second tier of players because I truly believe the second and third rounds of rookie drafts are where the drafts are won. We can assume and make the assumption that the first 10 to 12 players are all going to be the top three quarterbacks, three running backs, wide receiver, maybe sprinkle in a tight end, who knows. But that second round is where the game is won and lost. And, you know, you, you picking Sean Tucker, if you like him and he busts, but Zach Evans was there and you missed on him can really put your franchise back on a dynasty team. So my advice would be to people to you know really search for those second and third tier players and hone in on that list and be prepared going into your draft with a good list of who you want to target um, and of course if anyone wants to learn anything about debbie you can reach out to me on twitter at debbie deep dive and i love introducing debbie to the game i know you and uh finero or did you get your c2c league filled up did you guys start that yeah we did that last year great 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 how are you enjoying that it's 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 a uh... <laughs> it's fun, dude. It's it's it a is. it's a whole new thing. Yeah, it really is. We'll just say that. Like, get if you're interested, get your feet wet now and kind of just grow with it. And um, it's 
It's interesting, man. It's a whole new challenge because you're trying to find those points in your lineup where, I mean, as in Debbie, you're just trying to find the players for your future in your dynasty team and, and sort of taxi them up. But in campus to Canton, I mean, you're trying to win both sides of the ball and you need to have like meh players that may do nothing for you at the next level as you transfer them to your your dynasty side but you actually you need them on the college side so you have to find this fine medium of points on your college side that you know have no future and and points on your college side that you know that you're gonna or you hope you know are gonna push to your dynasty your nfl side and um it's tough man it's tough i enjoy it i am uh i'm learning yeah, I'll yeah. just say that. Like, I am. Don't reach out to me for advice on that. You know what I mean? Like, but man, I'm learning, and I, I want to get better at it. But it's a it's a whole new challenge, man. Yeah, it really is. And I would recommend if the majority of your listeners are dynasty players and not really Debbie to C two C, I wouldn't suggest going right into a C two C league. You should start out with a shallow Debbie league, which is basically drafting three or four college players. You know that will yeah. Be- hitting your roster. It's a lot more fun and makes your rookie drafts a lot more fun. So especially people in dynasty. But, I agree. Um, yeah. And you know, and my, I guess the advice I give as well, just another tidbit is always just take your guy, be confident in yourself and your own analysis and don't get swayed by Twitter hype and herd mentality thinking. Yeah. Um, because there's people that miss constantly. Um, there's, there's players in the top three or four or five that don't hit and we all miss out on other players because, and a lot of people just don't have the time to research these players as much. But if you do, you know, believe in yourself, believe in your, you know, continue to learn and grow as an analysis, whether it's, you know, developing a better number system to make you more comfortable or learning how to watch film a little better. To, to make you more comfortable in what you're looking at on the field. And yeah. in, the, in the end, not lose sight of the fact that this is just a big, silly game that we all love to play that really, in, in the end, is not we should not take very seriously. I love that. Your hits feel better when they're your hits, and your misses, oddly enough, feel better when they're your misses than mm-hmm. like when you're like, ah, why did I listen to him and do that? And you're just like, well, that, that's still, you still made your own decision. Um, you're, I, you're absolutely right. Because in the end, when you're doing your rookie draft, you're the one selecting the player. Right? So you can take all the analysis from me or rookie fever and 10 other people. But in yep. the end, when you're in the middle of round two and you're on the clock, at the 2.04 and you're like, oh no, like, who do I take? Who do I take? Um, unfortunately, it's your decision. Yeah. I love that. At Debbie Deep Dive on Twitter. Yes. Anything else you plug away here? Uh, no, I mean, you can go to my YouTube channel again. Is it Debbie to Dynasty Dash uh, Football um, on my YouTube channel? I spent a lot of time on there. Um, I also have a Debbie to Dynasty uh, dashboard, which is a big database of, um, it's got over 800 players in it from college to Debbie for C2C. I've got my own Dynasty rankings. Um, it's a product that I charge, you know, $25 for. I say, buy me a case of beer. I do my best film work when I'm drinking some beers. Um, and it's a great resource. We have a great Slack chat. I got about 285 guys in it. So um, we have a good time chatting in there. And um, if anyone has any interest in learning about Debbie, uh, certainly, uh, you know, just reach out to me on Twitter and uh, more than happy to point you in the right direction on just how to get started. Yeah, I love it. I want to say one more thing because I thought of this while you were talking about like the Debbie leagues, the, the those different leagues, but they are mm-hmm. also a tool like 
Campus to Canton makes me better at my Debbie leagues. Debbie leagues make me better at my super flex leagues. Super flex leagues make me better at my dynasty leagues. Dynasty leagues make me better at my keeper leagues. Keeper leagues make me better at my redraft leagues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's right. all like every level you go further into this makes you better at, at something that you might feel really good at and maybe you used to maybe you were a novice at redraft and you joined this and you're like oddly it made me better at finding these guys in my redraft guys maybe you take more risks on rookie wide receivers now in redraft because of some things you've learned um but i think it all helps and works together so even if you're getting into campus canton to test it out or debbie to test it out you can also use it as a tool for other things you're already enjoying I would agree. And, and the fact that there's probably people and some of your listeners now that the Super Bowl's this weekend after my Eagles take the title and, you know, they're going to just start getting into the rookie class. Right. But us Debbie guys, we've been watching these players for two and a half, you know, three years in a lot of cases. So we have a pretty good feeling of who they are. And so we're just putting the final touches on our analysis because, like I said, my, my Cedric Tillman, I really liked what I saw in 2021. So if you were playing Debbie, you would have known who Cedric Tillman was in a year in advance, which gives you a, a little better, uh, gives you a jump start going into your rookie drafts if you play a little bit of Debbie because you, you kind of have an idea of who these players are and you, you have more time to watch their film or, you know, crunch their numbers. Yep. Yeah. Go to the Debbie guys. Watch the Debbie, the year round guys. The those are where you want to go to get your Debbie advice. I truly believe that. I am at Swagzilla Zero G. Super appreciate you, Brandon. I'll be tuning into more stuff coming up. We are at Rookie Fever. This is Rookie Fever Player Profile. Um, I'm supposed to say we are out. Sometimes I sing it in a song, but I'm not gonna. Do I'm just gonna be like, we are out. When you kiss me, fever when you hold me tight. Fever in the morning, fever all through the night. Sun lights up the daytime, moon lights up the night. I light up when you call my name, and you know I'm gonna treat you right. Rookie fever. Something you all know Fever isn't such a new thing Fever started long ago now Who got the one-on-one scouting has never done this to be go and run I told you anyone Signs and speech just unreal Landing spot not ideal Wait, what's this breakout age For rookie fever stage Romeo loved Juliet Juliet, she felt the same When he pulled his arms around her He said, Julie, baby, you're my friend Fever without planning you Fever I'm a fire Fever, yeah, I burn for soup So who's got the fever? Cause I got the fever Now you got the fever So she got the fever And she got the fever No cure for the fever So let's beat the fever Thank God for the fever Thank God for the fever What a lovely way to burn What a lovely way to burn